Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brad Bernard, JB, Mike Molina, and Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> Solomon with a laugh. I like yeah, that. I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think I scared him because I pointed at him. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you, oh, you scared him because you pointed. Well, if you pointed at me, it's scaring me too. Oh. I, <laughs> we will be back in just a couple of seconds, Tom Bernard Show. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional body work costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. Been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Young Holt Limited Show. <laughs> young Holt. That's the soulful strut by Young Holt. What do you think of that? I knew it was I called. Like it. I knew it was called a soulful strut. I didn't know who it was done by. Yep. A lot Holt. of songs from that area are by era are by people who did one song and then just like seems to have stopped existing. Pretty much true. It's absolutely true. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest in studio, Solomon Giorgio. Hey, I'll do I tell you. <laughs> Marvelous. Nice talking to you again, sir. I'm, I'm happy to be back here. We, well, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great time. We had a great conversation yeah. yesterday on the KQ Morning Show. And now to have you back in studio today is a wonderful thing. Um, we learned a lot about, uh, about you yesterday, which I really enjoyed. The family's here. My wife is here. Hello. Oh, Our son is, is with us Hello. as well. Andy. Hi. Solomon, uh, family's from Ethiopia. He was born mm-hmm. in Sudan. 
move to where did uh, remember I told you yesterday, Solomon, yes. that when JB hears where you moved from <laughs> Sudan to St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, he just told me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you found out yep. that JB grew up in St. Louis, mm-hmm. Missouri, and then you went to Fresno and ended up in in Seattle. Yes. And I think it's a it's a terrific story because. Uh, just the way the whole the whole thing uh, worked out. You, both of your parents, both Solomon's parents, were janitors. Yes, and it's just like the American. I, what I love <laughs> about your story, it is you can do what you wish to do in America, and I wish people would stop saying that you can't. It really annoys me. <laughs> well, it, yeah, you, you can definitely. Well, my parents retired as janitors, so I don't know if that's what they want to do, but I definitely got to do what I wanted to do. <laughs> Well, that was your fault, though. That, oh, yeah. that was a big, oh, yeah. big problem. But I think me reaching uh, my potential was uh, was part of their their dream too. Mm-hmm. So they, yep. they, that they That's get they get the benefits about. of me uh, becoming successful. So they won't die. You sad. told a great story. <laughs> No, that's exactly. You told a great story about how your father went did go back to to Africa though, yes. and is living a life of glory there because the money's <laughs> worth three times more. Yeah, it's just uh, he, him, and a group of friends uh, are there. They own a hotel in the uh, capital and are just uh, are living the the last of their years in. It's like he like he's he has a very deep seated love uh, for Ethiopia, so he's he's sure. content out there. What I love about that story is, oh, you know, America. Oh, yeah? Well, he was a janitor, and now he owns a hotel. <laughs> so it worked out, worked out really well, actually. He bought an entire hotel uh, off the janitor's salary? Oh, no, 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 not by himself. Uh, he, like, he okay, I was going to say, that's impressive. Uh, and also, I don't know what the quality of the hotel is. It can be like a some lord situation. I've never <laughs> actually got. It. It's a small, crappy hotel. Solomon. I don't know what my dad's Solomon's doing when I'm not here. looking. It's just like shit. Shit's cr- the hotel in Shit's Creek. Oh yeah. But no, he he uh, he got together with uh, his friends. They pulled their money together and they 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 own the hotel together. Uh, but that's uh, a lot of uh, Ethiopians are very much community based uh, when whenever they do like yep. business ventures. So friends get together and p- pull money, and then they just they buy property. And that's like a lot of restaurant, like Ethiopian restaurants, do that here a lot of the time, where they like reach out to the community and they're like, "Yeah, we'll help you out," and you just have to r- help somebody out later on in, in the future in the community too. Now, that, did you try eating at one of our Ethiopian restaurants in town? I have not. I am very scared of eating at the restaurants because my mother is a really good cook, and I just don't. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want the watered down version. Yeah, I understand. Well, these people are from Ethiopia, though. That own them. Yeah, I, I know, but it's I like I like it's my mom is like I, in a sense like I meant she's so good that I've had other cooking from other Ethiopian women, and it was not up to par. <laughs> So oh, I, okay. so yeah. I, I, I'm very careful uh, on who I like. Cause my mom has zero, like her spice level is off the charts, and it's so off the charts. But she still eats like a a raw jalapeno with the food on top of that. So it's oh my oh. god, oh, man. Yeah, and he was <laughs> he goes oh. <laughs> well, that's that's because we were talking off air that he's he's a reflux mm-hmm. uh, sufferer as as am I, yeah. and to be fed that way. Oof. Oh no! I've uh, I've almost uh, I've definitely uh, injured my esophagus because of my mother's cooking in the past, but I I willingly do it every time. <laughs> hey, if you like it, you like it though, right? Yeah, makes you happy. Just no don't question. try to lie down Solomon. immediately afterwards. <laughs> no, Solomon is at Acme tonight and tomorrow night. 
ladies and gentlemen, two shows each night, 8 and 10, 30, as a matter of fact. So what do you think of, uh, this is the first time you've been at Acme, right? This is my first time at Acme, but uh, every comedian on average is already familiar with the club because it is one of the best in the country, so... The opportunity right. to perform here is, uh, yeah, it was so, the, well, once, I, once I got the invite, I was like, yeah, I don't care what I'm doing, cancel all plans, I'll be there. Yeah, Lewis Lee does a great job mm-hmm. with, with Acme, does a magnificent job, and so everybody, I have yet to meet a person. The only complaint I've ever heard about Acme was from Bill Dwyer, I don't know if you ever worked with Bill Dwyer. I don't think not, I have. Out of Chicago. Very, very funny guy, he's been mm-hmm. around a long time. He's an actor as well, you've seen him on TV, but he said... He, he doesn't like working at Acme in the wintertime because you go downstairs and the last three or four stairs, there's about two feet of snow at the bottom <laughs> of the staircase. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, because you. of those weird wire staircases right. or whatever they are, grids. That's exactly it. But Lewis takes care of that. He, yeah. He's got it all taken care of. So how the show's been going? Oh, I've actually, I've, it's really, it's just, they're all so good. It, it's very surprising that people are showing up and they're showing up to laugh. And it's like, it's uh, when you perform in L.A. a lot, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of industry people not ready to laugh uh, very quickly. So once you perform anywhere else, you're just like, oh, this is just, this is sweet satisfaction. It's almost like eating too much candy. It's really, really wonderful. I don't really understand people in the business in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. They should be the first ones that understand what's funny and what isn't. And somebody up and coming they should be the first ones to laugh not the last uh it's the th- that's the thing it's like once you've seen so much comedy and if you're watching comedy every single day and it's part of your job it's just mm-hmm. like you do you, you definitely acknowledge things are funny but you do it in the uh in your head kind of way <laughs> like oh that was funny i'm just gonna go ahead and keep a straight face this entire time but yeah <laughs> that was a really hilarious <laughs> thing you said <laughs> i'm not letting him know that yeah. i think it's funny but oh, i think it's no. very funny yeah, yeah. I, I yeah i don't agree with that Laugh out loud. It's enjoy oh, yeah. your life. I've I've actually had to learn. I was actually a quiet laugher when I first started doing comedy, and I have like I like taught myself like you got to be, ver- like yes, people have to hear your laughter. Otherwise, they'll be like, what am I doing wrong? One of my favorite things was the first time I went backstage at a comedy club, which is probably God, I don't even know, forty years ago now, probably. But I went backstage at a comedy club, and in those days, and I don't know, uh, I don't go backstage anymore, so I don't know what, what happens today, but 40 years ago, when a comedian was on stage, the other comedians went, man, this guy sucks. He's <laughs> terrible. I mean, they would never say anything nice about any other comedian. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's usually on average. That happens a lot. Uh, it depends on the space you're in, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, there's there's a good chance there there's a solid amount of uh, sort of trash talking uh, on on every every show and in any place in time. But well, I suppose yeah. that's true. Solomon standing in, on the stage at Acme, does your head hit the ceiling? Uh, it's getting there. Uh, it's, it's I'm <laughs> definitely I I feel like a giant and. I actually, it's my preference. I like, I, I like, I like intimidating the audience a little bit. So uh, a small enough stage <laughs> makes me look scarier. Yeah. For people who just tuned in, uh, Solomon's six foot four, and you have been since you said you were what seventeen? Yeah, sixteen oh. actually. Sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen. Actually. How much did you weigh when you hit that? Oh, hike? I was scrawny. I was like 110, 120 pounds. Ooh. It was paper thin. <laughs> uh, I only laugh because my brothers are super tall, and they were really, really scrawny too. And I oh, just, yeah. it, it, it's a look. Yeah, it takes She's a while to fill out over time when you hit when you grow that yeah. quickly. You're like, oh, yeah, it's gonna take me a second. Like I've barely, it just once I cl- I now waver between 190 and 200, and I'm still scrawny looking. So, you know, what's interesting to me is the people in the front row there. For people who've not been to Acme Comedy Club, um, 
the stage is right on top of the audience. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're on stage and then there's a there's a walkway and then there's the audience. It's like no, the the audience is right there, and you're about what a foot or two above them, something like that. Yeah. Barely like a foot and a Somewhere half. In there. Yeah. About a foot and a half. Yeah, there you go. So then you get a guy who's six foot four on top, <laughs> top of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you must seem like a giant. Oh, the whole audience is there. All their heads are just like lifted up. Mouths agape. I just felt so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, actually. Really submissive position you guys have been forced to be in right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> No question about that. <laughs> Do you keep an eye now? So, so you've been you've been living in the United States, St. Louis, Fresno, mm-hmm. and and Seattle since you were a little boy. Yeah, about four. Uh, but I've been about now in LA for old. six years. And I've been in LA for six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep forgetting. I keep thinking because of your picture that you're like 22 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you're very it. Young looking. Oh no, yeah, it's all gonna fall apart one day. But right now, I definitely still look young, and I am very grateful for it. <laughs> I've done nothing you to preserve it. Will fall it. Apart, man? Oh yeah, I've I've been smoking since I was 16. I've been drinking since 17. So I'm pretty sure it's gonna all just tear to like fall apart in one day. Man, you did live in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Now, hey, you know, I was 11 years old. I started smoking when I was 11 and started drinking when I was 11. Yeah, wow. See, I was that young. You're cooler than me, Tom. <laughs> oh, I don't know about being cool. It's just you grow up in the ghetto, and that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of how it is. Somebody's gonna give you get you a pack KB. of cigarettes. Oh yeah, is that, and, but, never smoke cigarettes. Oh, actually, I didn't. Start, like I, I started smoking cigarettes in the suburbs of Seattle. So that might. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, it was my coworkers at J.C. Penney that that got me into it. <laughs> Don't try to make JD feel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'll all work out. And by the way, we, uh, I guess, I guess the best reference for for people who don't know this is is Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. That yeah, uh, what did I smoke? I smoked cool cigarettes. That's what I smoked. <laughs> As a matter of fact, so that's what was available. So that's what you smoked. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's just how it is. I, you can I watch got, his special. I got sent. Uh, to the, the uh, store, corner store for cools. Mm. <laughs> sure. And that, that's amazing cool. because, you know, I, I wasn't even, I probably was 10 or 11 years old. Go down to the corner and give me a pack of cools. And no, not anymore. Been, no. Not anymore. No, no. They also, uh, they, used to, they used to not lock up the cigarettes when I started smoking, no. too. So we were able, right. like if they were going to yeah. cart us, we're like, yeah, we could just take them ourselves. They're not going to stop us. <laughs> You you oh mentioned God, listen. Catherine mentioned Dave throughout the whole and it's two hours mm-hmm. is either on a uh, he's smoking a cigarette or he's oh, vaping. Really? Yeah, he's vaping. Yeah. Or he's he oh. vaped through the first hour and he smoked a cigarette through the second one. <laughs> I saw an interview with him. I don't remember who was interviewing him, but he seemed rather uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah he does now. Supposedly yeah. there's a hint. And I've watched it three times, and I don't get it. But there's a hint to why he went to Africa, supposedly. Mm-hmm. He, at the end, he, sa- right. he says why, but I don't understand. I still don't understand why he went. Oh, I think he just wanted to go. I, that's, yeah, it's, I think, yeah, I don't really try to dwell too deep on that one, because like, if I want to go do something and everyone's telling me not to do it, I'm going to go do it. <laughs> well, he made the yeah. point that he was offered $50 million mm-hmm. to do a special, and, and he left. He turned yeah. it down and left. Yeah, and it was about. I, I thought it was because of the whole success thing was just g- 
grinding on yeah. him, and mm-hmm. he I mean, wanted his kids it, to it, learn a different culture. Yeah, I think it's just yada, a, a yada, yada. bunch of stuff at the same time. And there's really no like. It's at the end of the day, it's like I want to do it, no one's, no, and I can do whatever I want, kind of situation. But where, where, yeah. did, where did he go, and what was he doing over there? I think I he mean, just went to South Africa. It's like to for like yeah, two but just weeks. Pick up and go to. Did he know anybody? Does he have family there? I mean, it's no. just kind of. I, I, think I think his mother died, didn't yeah. she? Um, it, I don't know oh, if it was maybe. then, but I think it's just like like you get to a certain like stress level, uh, especially in that industry because there's so many people on you, like even yeah. like there's literally hundreds of people talking at you and one like like it's such a high level of like focus uh, focusing in on you that like I could I can see somebody just having like a m- bit of a mental breakdown and going you know what. I'm going to go to Africa yep. <laughs> for a couple Stuart of weeks. Stuart educates me about this movement, you know what I mean? I didn't even know shit about it. He told me it's called L-B-G-T-Q. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he, it, not to give a lot of it away, at the beginning of the first hour, he says, this is going to be the last time you're going to see me for a while. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why he fulfilled his contract in one year, because he was like, four specials, yep. this much money, knock it out as quickly as possible so I can just enjoy the remainder of my life until I want to come back out in public again. And I think... Yeah, well, I, think, yeah, yeah. Did. I respect it his control. It seems to me that... Yeah, I, I understand. I, I think I understand what was going on. I mean, I, I, obviously, I can't completely understand it because I've never been in his shoes, but it also seemed like he was getting a lot of pressure just... Politically, oh yeah. So oh, yeah. it's like oh, you know what? I'm not the savior of the universe here, people. You know, no. it's like uh, I'm a comedian, and all of a sudden I'm supposed to be the spokesperson for humanity. Yeah, well, that's a lot to take on. There's a lot to take on. I think, like, regardless of what happens, I think he just likes control of his life, and I, that's like I, that's I'd do the same thing if I was him. We will be right back, part two of our two. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. As a locally owned community bank, we pride ourselves on individually crafted financial solutions and quick response times. H&B Elevators, a Minneapolis manufacturer known worldwide for custom elevator designs, had an option to buy their headquarters. We stepped in to get the deal done with SBA and Urban Initiative financing. See an opportunity too good to pass up? Stop in. We'll make it happen. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. All my black friends who have money said the same thing when Trump got elected. That's it, bro. I'm out. I'm leaving the country. You coming with us? Nah, I'm good, dog. I'm going to stay here and get this tax break see how it works out. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it is being Dave Chappelle. First time I got some money, it didn't work out like that. The most unlikely thing that happened ever was a black president came out of nowhere, like, come on, everybody, let's start thinking about everyone else. Oh, nigga, I just got this money! (laughs) (laughs) I remember he ended up apologizing for that because he said that on Saturday Night Live, Mm -hmm. and he dropped the big N, and people were were lighting him up because he dropped the big N. So, uh, you know... Uh, and you, know, you know Franklin, and that's—I was just going to say—and that's 
that's part of the reason why he struggles with this is because he takes a lot of heat from his own yeah, race he does. about mm-hmm. that. He does. He, he, I know that uh, back in the day, uh, you know, Jackson went after him and Sharpton went after him and mm-hmm. all these people. That, you know, Jesse Jesse said and, and Reverend Sharpton said, hey, you're making white people laugh at us. And, and that mm-hmm. put a lot of pressure on him. I know that. Yeah. I, I know that's absolutely true. No, but uh, Frank, you, you know who Franklin Ajayi is? You know the comedian Franklin Ajayi? Yeah, I do. You do? Do you know him at all, Solomon? I don't think I do. Yeah, he's he's an older guy mm-hmm. now. He's he he was before he was Chappelle yeah. before Chappelle was Chappelle. And he he said he wanted to trace his roots back to Africa. So he said he worked very very hard. And I'm sorry, Melina, but you're going to have to edit here. <laughs> <laughs> But he he said he finally he found the village from which his family came. They went came from this village in Africa to uh, America, and he said he went back and he had to cross a mountain range to get to the village in which his family was raised up. And he said, "I remember crossing that mountain and for the very first time looking down on the village my family came from, and I just stared at it for a long time. I stared at." All these, like, thatched huts. There were all these huts, all these thatched huts everywhere. And I thought to myself, who designed these motherfuckers? (laughs) 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 You know, that's great humor right there. (laughs) Do not forget to edit that. (laughs) Do not forget to edit that. Definitely for 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 uh, terrestrial. You want to edit that yeah. one? Most definitely. Nothing needs to sneak out there. We can give you the time on it. So, as a young black man, and again, I keep thinking you're 18. I, I gotta I, stop. I appreciate. That. No, don't at all. Let me enjoy it while I have it. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy what? Is there a lot of pressure on you as a young black man though? That like Chappelle got? Do all young black comedians, uh, particularly men, do they get? Do they still get pressure? Or that is that well, kind no. of by the like wayside? Well, no. Like as a black person, as a black person in general, I'm always cautious <laughs> of what I say into the world because <laughs> it's it's a like it's it's like I'm definitely not as afraid to say as many things as I want to now, especially based on being on stage. Um, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I definitely want to do more good than harm. And that's what matters a lot. Is it's as as people, that's what we want. Like, you don't want to get inside of yourself so much that you don't realize like, what other people feel and how they feel about things. So I don't want to like, mm-hmm. like I definitely want to be cautious of what I'm saying, but I'm gonna say as much as I can without. <laughs> but like, it's it, there's it's a it's a tightrope, uh, and I'm happy to walk it. And if I, if, I, if I fall off, I'll just get back on. It's it's not that scary. I've I've heard <clears throat> many a black comedian say. And joke about the fact as as a race, we're basically the only race that feels that we're being held, re- always being held responsible mm-hmm. for what other blacks do. Yeah, I mean they act up in the store, and everybody turns to the other black exactly. person in the store and go, "Hey, can't you get them to stop?" <laughs> you know, it's like, or or you watch the TV, and I catch myself doing this. Mm-hmm. There's been a murder committed or something, and you go, "Please don't be black." Please oh, don't be black. oh yes. Please oh don't God. Be black. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> and please, please, the please. guy's photo comes up and he's like, damn it. And it is. Okay, well, I'm going to have to explain that away tomorrow mm-hmm. at work. You know, and it's like, 
Oh, because yeah, we're like we take personal responsibility for each other. Right. Like that's why we like that's like during the nineties when some there was black people like pull up your pants. You're like, well, that doesn't matter. That doesn't make a difference. Like, like at the end of the day, it's like it 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 does. Like you are careful because you want to not mm-hmm. put that responsibility on another black person at all. But right. But at the same time, we shouldn't have that responsibility of each other to begin with. My brother recently told me of a story. He was he had pumped gas. He was going in to pay for it. And this younger black male walked up with his pants sagging and apologized to him for that, for that, for him sagging his pants. My brother said he was caught off guard by it to the point he didn't know how to respond to him. Yeah. And he, and he, and he literally sent a text to me and my other brothers asking what should, what do you think he should have said? And it's like, well, I told him it's, it's probably a good time for a teachable moment. If he had that conscious thought in his head that he had to apologize to you, maybe it's time for him to stop, period. You know? Because my, my do son... Age, do, you, do people age out of that? Sagging? Yeah. Sagging? Uh, mm. No. Mm-hmm. It's, no. No? They I, don't age out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 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 I thought maybe it was a fashion statement. It's a generational thing. It, yeah, it was that, a... You know, it people was a, just... But it was a... You know where it came from? From prisons. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know where it came from. Yeah. Yeah, because, prisons, right. Because they didn't have belts. But, like, my son would give it the half-hearted look of having it done. Because he would be wearing a belt, but the very top of... I mean, I mean just the very top of his underwear would be showing. And then, right. actually, he doesn't do it at all anymore. But there was a stage no, in high school that. where he... He knew that if he didn't have a belt on, that I would probably be like, hey, what's going on here with, <laughs> with, with that there, you know. But, yeah. Going anyway. after him a little bit. Yeah. So he did age out of it. Yeah, so he, he did. did. But I did, did, too. I, I, did it a little, I, I did it for a whole week. Uh, you didn't sag. <laughs> you did it for a week? Did you sag for a week? Yeah, I wanted to be cool. Uh, I wanted to figure out what's going on. <laughs> I tried it out for a yeah, hot I gotta second. Be <laughs> hot, hot second was good. To be 100% honest, as, as a 100% white person in America, mm-hmm. I'm my lineage is like wherever white people are from, I'm part that. I mean, literally. That's true. We did that 23andMe thing. But every time I'm watching the news and there's a, a crime that's been committed, and if that crime was committed by a black person, I call JB and go, see? <laughs> <laughs> I just hang up on him. Yeah, and, and really works. Out. And Philip calls right after and goes, "Man, can you believe?" <laughs> <laughs> the but, Philly dog. But maybe the world might be a little bit better if like white people took like responsibility for others. <laughs> the other white people are like, "Oh man, we're sorry for that, you guys. We're gonna go ahead and get rid of him for you real quick." <laughs> right. Uh, don't you, we we do? Don't you think? Isn't that pretty much what defined 2017? Yeah, <laughs> did a whole lot of that near the end, especially. A lot of, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, but it's new to you guys. You're you're getting used to it. You're getting comfortable with it. It, it took starting to get comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think, well, you know, uh, and again, I grew up in a, in a in a mixed race neighborhood, so for me, it's kind of weird for me, Solomon, because mm-hmm. I grew up around everybody, uh, and so it was all the same to me. Mm-hmm. I went to school with black kids and Mexican kids and Jews and yeah. and. Uh, and that's great. Everybody. 
So for me, it all seemed normal. We all hung yeah. out together. We went, you know, trick-or-treating on mm-hmm. Halloween. We hung out. and uh, we, I mean, we did everything. Italian kids and Irish kids. Thank and, you. I was going to say, you so, forgot to mention the Dagos. <laughs> I know. But I mentioned the Dagos. I got yeah. the Dagos in there. It normalizes everybody that way. And, that's, and what sucks now is I found out, like... The schools at this moment in are actually just as segregated as they were oh, in yeah. 1968. Oh, yeah. And that's oh, yeah. insane. <laughs> and, 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 that's the... and on some levels, it's by class mm-hmm. and then by race. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I think you're right about that. Oh, and by the way, I should mention... I also do that to Molina. If I'm watching the news and a crime's committed by an Italian, I call him to go see, <laughs> and, then I hang, and then I hang up on him, too. Well, and I should use this I opportunity uh, to apologize to Solomon, because I think uh, Ethiopia was, you know, the Italians. That was the only sliver of Africa we could get. <laughs> uh, well, actually, no, you guys had Eritrea for the longest oh, okay. time. Uh, you only occupied yeah, Ethiopia. Um, but we were never colonized, so oh. you didn't win. <laughs> oh, no, no. We, we never do. We never do. We didn't learn our lesson in World War II either. I love that. You, you didn't win. <laughs> you tried, you but that's all that matters. <laughs> don't you think Don't you think that, that conversations like this are very important because it's not put on, and it's not anybody kissing anybody else's ass about, oh, you know, all these poor people. We're just having a conversation, yeah. and that's what I like about this. And that's the thing is like you like it's well that's the thing like this, these conversations can happen all the time. It's just when people get uncomfortable yep. and afraid, <laughs> um, and they just think like the conversation itself is the problem. You're like no 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 no. Hey, you want to make somebody yeah. uncomfortable? You should go next door. There's this comedian <laughs> named Cy. If you bring up race or Cy, <laughs> oh. oh god, yeah. how does he get uncomfortable? <laughs> I'll corner him and just start talking oh. about black people real quick. <laughs> oh, you know, because he, he, he's like 6'4 as well, so you're both 6'4, yeah. mm-hmm. and you can just have a face-to-face conversation about, hey, hey I understand you don't like black people. I think he'd faint. Yeah. I think he would faint. He would faint. <laughs> he would faint. I've met Cy before. He's so polite, I can't put that, put that on him. He exactly. Is, he is, he is he a very nice faint. guy. <laughs> Dead away. I, I think the world is Cy, but he and Melina kind of butt heads once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> You got the Scandinavian and the Sicilian. It just doesn't work out. It's uh, just, and they got nothing in common. It's fire and water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. It's fire and water. That's exactly right. Why? Well, you know, it just it is. You're absolutely right. It's fire and water. Dude, I, you know, stare at my shoes, and the other guy's trying to ch- choke the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it all works out in the end. It all works out in the end. But I do like getting people's personal opinions and real opinions and that's what this show does for me i love doing it because the people there's no reason to come on this show and go oh you know i'm gonna try to impress somebody so i'm gonna say this they say that they what they really think and i love that oh yeah that's the way the world should be but that's that's what you get from mostly from comics Mm -hmm. is how they feel i think so you know are there how they see things happening in the world. Oh, some of us. There are some of us that are spineless. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, too. (laughs) What did, uh, you know, I don't make reference to Louis C.K. here. Not my favorite person in the world. He's he's not a very pleasant person. I don't know if you know him or not. I've never met him, so... Uh, Not a pleasant guy at all, and I don't know, he's going through that thing of his where he liked to whack a mole in front Mm -hmm. of women he didn't even know or whatever, but he did, he crossed... Those barriers. I mean, he was saying things that um, he said his least favorite word in the, in the world mm-hmm. was what white people white people uh, just say they, uh, call 
Yeah, the N word. Yeah. It's the worst thing he's ever. Oh, it's the N word. See, I just call it the big N. Mm-hmm. Big N is good, but the N word is kind of lame and college professory. If you it ask does. me, it does. Yeah, but for me, the I'm N word. Like when they actually say the word, I'm like, ah, we're still not ready for that yet. <laughs> no, so I guess. Ooh, you know what? <laughs> no. Yeah, we're not. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, I understand. Like, but you know. Um, being from Africa, mm-hmm. I want to ask your opinion on this. It's you know, it's a different country, obviously, but it's the same continent. Mm-hmm. Uh, since President Obama found out that the French pronounced the name of the country Niger, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden everybody on the news pronounced it Niger. Mm-hmm. Do they now? What is that? Yeah, sounds, they, oh yeah, sounds oh, classy. Yeah, that's the new thing. As of like what six months ago, all of a sudden yeah. it's Niger. It's not Niger anymore. Well, it is it is a French name, so it's that does make sense. But I've, I yeah, that's, and I, I don't watch the news. I actually read the news uh, because watching the news drives good me crazy. <laughs> and, good, no, yeah. seriously, Solomon, that's a good idea. That's like a really good idea. It's mostly talking heads now, and I'm like, that's not how. Like, I don't need the news and then seven other people's opinion about the news right afterwards. So I, I'm very much. Uh, so I, I don't know how people are pronouncing anything. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a weird twist. Uh, yeah, Niger. Because they, like, what did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Somebody should pass it that's along just... to Miss Pat the uh, correct pronunciation. <laughs> that's a <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you ever work with Miss Pat Solomon? I have heard of Miss Pat uh, because of, of another friend of mine uh, worked with her on when he when he headlined Acme, <laughs> and I was hoping that I got to meet her. But I would love to. I've I've only heard tales because she sounds like a phenomenal comedian. JB's favorite. If you, told, if you told her that, if you told her that you, she had to say Niger, she'd say, "What kind of bougie bitch?" <laughs> she'd call it exactly. She would. She that's exactly. Would. What Man, that's too say. bougie for me. Oh, yeah. Well, also, it's I like I love that. All those, all, every country is literally a different name than what it's being called here. So why specifically one? <laughs> like that's just a weird. Yeah, that, I, you're absolutely right. Just because it got too close and made him too uncomfortable, <laughs> that's the one we're going to pick out and we're going to pronounce it Niger. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, I don't know. So is it Nigeria? Yeah. Instead of Ni- Nigeria. Nigeria. It's Nigeria. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do it. <laughs> I hope not. I'm hoping that's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? It, it just, I don't know. It makes uh, no sense to me, but. It is what it is. But, I, I you know, I, I kind of worry because, you know, I'm older than you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do kind of worry that we're going to get – we're getting to the point. It seems like we're getting farther apart instead of closer together. Why Why do they think that's the right thing to do? I don't – like, I, I don't feel like we're getting farther apart. I, I, I think we you know? are, but I don't think they realize that's what's happening. No, they're trying, but they're trying – in a very incompetent way to right. get everyone and to closer together. Because I, you know, I see the stuff that my family members post on Facebook, and it's like, whoa, okay, calm down a little bit. Let's everybody calm down. <laughs> calm down. Relax. I like it. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, Solomon will be at Acme tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, at 8 and 10.30, and we will be right back in about two minutes. Tom Bernard Show. I love this song. Heard of a van. Ah, there it is right there. Ladies and gentlemen, Solomon in studio with us. And he will be at Acme tonight. 
Tomorrow night at Acme, 8 and 10.30, both nights. The shows have been going very, very well. You should go out and see them. In any case, what do you think of that action? Uh, I uh, I tell you, it's it's always wonderful to talk to, to people who've never been to uh, Acme before because it's a great club because Lewis does a great job mm-hmm. with it, but it's a great audience as well. They do a wonderful job with the audiences. Oh yeah, they I like I've I'm I'm almost scared of how how good it's going. Like one one of these nights, well, the audience will just get together and try to try to murder me. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna turn on you completely. Uh, Minnesota in the winter, you're gonna get a good audience, uh, basically guaranteed. Perfect. I'm yeah. so, I'm gonna be yeah. No question. I'm yeah. I'm content with every everything that's going on, and the vending machine works. We just found it. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, really? Yes, finally it does. It. Well, I mean, like, was it stocked though, or is yes, it, it like is. pretty sparse? Oh well, wow, was, they actually uh, well, it got a, back at it. It was enough to uh, satisfy me. Let's put it that way. I got some cheese at white cheddar crackers. Mm, <laughs> what you got white cheddar? <laughs> yeah. White cheddar. <laughs> why didn't, why don't what? you get Niger? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of what I just said. I said white cheddar yep. crackers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some bougie BS. Some bougie BS. Right there. White and cheddar and cracker all in the same sentence. <laughs> you know, God, you don't you don't hear much of that cracker anymore back no. in the day. You know, I, you know, I gotta. Um, Solomon, you might not know who this is, but uh, do you follow the NFL? I mean, Seattle's got a great football team. Not um, this year so much, but I, in I, general, I pop in here and there. Uh, I know about the Vikings uh, getting really close. They are getting really close. There's a, <laughs> that's right. Melina doesn't want. Melina's one of those su- superstitious Italians. Yes. Oh. Well, come on, especially with Seattle, do we not remember Blair Walsh a couple years ago? We do. Oh. We do indeed. Speaking of which, we, we got to go there next remember. year. The schedule next year is brutal. It is, isn't it? Yep, especially on the road. Well, that's what happens when you win a division. Yeah. And that's why there's so much changeover every year. Yeah. And nobody. You sound like you got a white cheddar in your mouth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A whole white cheddar cracker. And nobody, nobody wants to say. (laughs) Nobody, because they all they always talk about. There's like 80 percent turnover every year, playoff teams in the NFL. That's the biggest reason why. Yeah. Yep. Strength the schedule and it just it just yeah keep moving forward. The reason I brought the NFL up is Alan Page was a superstar with the Vikings back in the day. He then became uh, the Chief Justice on the Minnesota State Supreme Court for a long time, mm-hmm. and he they were showing he's featured in today's paper. He and his wife are featured in today's Star Tribune because he has a lot of African American artifacts in his house. So when you go into his living room, they have a picture of his wife and Alan. And there's a, a sign hanging over the entryway to the living room that says, for colored. Mm. It was really interesting to look at that. It's just not something you see anymore. So <laughs> seeing that, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa, I guess looking back now. Is each wall colored a different color? Maybe it's just bad spelling. <laughs> Maybe. Just a bad speller. For colored. <laughs> well, I, I suppose. I, but I think a lot of people would miss the symbol, symbolism. Mm-hmm. Of him hanging it there. Yeah. Well, now, I only know this because of the TV show, but when Johnny Cochran redid OJ's interior of his house, Mm -hmm. yeah, he put up all the artifacts and masks and everything. And photos of of his family. Yeah, when the jury came over. Yeah. But in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. uh, Alan Pages, he's just reminding us of where we come from and where we could, you know, 
talk about what we were talking about a little bit earlier yeah. about being divided, where mm -hmm. we can very easily slide back to mm -hmm. we're not careful. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no. You think you, you think you really think we could slide backward that far now? I am, and I think I've told you this before. Um, I'm starting to get that 60s feeling all over again, mm -hmm. where it's like not the the love and peace part of it and the hippie love, but the... Mm -hmm. craziness of the the hate that brought about the assassinations mm -hmm. that a lot of people are trying they're like yeah let's uh, keep the races apart mm -hmm. because well for whatever reason everyone has a different reason that they want it to happen no 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 baby no baby is that Philip's uh, reaction uh, yeah yep. that's Philip right there uh I think for me right now, what I'm watching is it's called the pendulum swing. It's actually happened multiple times in American history, like especially like oh, yeah. after the slaves uh, were were freed, uh, there was actually there were there were, there were black people were allowed to vote for black men were allowed to vote. There were actually black men in the Senate and Congress in general. Mm -hmm. And what occurred then was the pendulum swung back hard again, uh, and that's what caused the Jim Crow laws and a lot more. Like so. When big flare-ups of like racism occurs in in the country, there is this giant like fury to get things back to the way they were. But the swing back is much harder towards progression right. and making things better. But uh, uh, does that mean we get to kill the Irish again? In a few years? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> what he was talking about was uh, black reconstruction. Mm -hmm. It was called. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, exactly. I had a seventh grade teacher, and she was heavy into teaching that. But um, so, do you think the pendulum is swinging back toward that? The sixties? I really do. do? Um, really? I think it, this is about as ex well. First of all, this is a very extreme situation that we're in. Is mm -hmm. there are literally white supremacists yeah. feeling free as possible to do a lot of damage and actually right. murder people and not getting the full extent of the law of it? Uh, but I think that right now what we're seeing is a strong, powerful movement of trying to regain peace and make things better to where it was. There's literally a protest once or twice a week of a massive scale. So I think I think right now we're definitely going to be pushing back to make things a much better place and much more peaceful situation for everyone. But that's that's where I think some of this, um, as our first guest talked about the hour before, the piling on and the overreaction plays into it too because they want to force it so hard back the other way that they don't they don't know how to do anything else besides overreact to it mm -hmm. or over their action yeah. is an overreaction to it yeah it's it's the things like it's like the, the anger is gonna be it's not gonna be focused it's gonna be spraying in multiple locations like there's definitely gonna focus on the bad people too but sometimes unfortunately like there's always gonna be innocent bystanders on the sidelines like i just said the wrong thing at the wrong been, right. it's like but at the end it's i think people do have good intentions and people will f eventually become more relaxed when we're in a better situation for like when things seem more positive than negative i have a buddy at work and he and i joke around and there's a third guy that that he's not part of the university but we're both friends with and he sends messages to the other guy about me and we laugh and joke but i tell him i said dave be careful when you say things and how you say it i know we're joking around but it only takes the wrong person to be walking by, and your butt's going to be in big <laughs> trouble. Mm. You know, it's just, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I said, you know, I said, I know that you're good, and we're just joking around. But it only takes one person to, to miss, 
miss the content or not understand that he and I are good friends or whatever, or he's just repeating a message from another good friend and they have it just go the whole situation to go sideways because a lot of people are just so ultra uh, sensitive, sensitive right now. Yeah. But, yeah. but the great thing is that the terrible people will do something so big and terrible that you, they'll lose focus on you very quickly. <laughs> what well, you would, you you would know, the, hope. The problem I have is... Like every Thursday, I'm gonna have to check the pendulum to see if I can have JB in or not. <laughs> Where are we at this week? Oh no, no, no! All right, sorry, JB, you can't come in this week. Pendulum went the other way a little bit too far. I, I just, I don't, I don't. Everybody focusing on on what they are instead of just focusing on being a human being is kind of annoying to me, you know. Focusing on being a human being first, and then let's get to the other things first. And I understand how how uh, history looks and how history went, but I don't think we're ever going to get it completely straightened away unless we focus on being human beings first and then go from there. I get in a lot of trouble, Solomon, because I treat everybody the same. Everybody I see, I treat the same. And some people think that's racist. Um, Isn't that weird? Well, I don't know, Tom. I, I've not I've not seen you do everything yet, so I have to check it out first, and then I'll do my research. <laughs> <laughs> well, JB has. Well, we have 1,296 episodes. Thank you. So, I'll start uh, listening tonight, and I will give my... Take a few years. <laughs> Back to us. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it's just kind of weird, and it feels weird to me that if I treat everybody the same, it seems to be the right thing to do to me, and p- other people think it's absolutely not it, it's, well, you, you have to treat some people better than others and i just it, that's uncomfortable for me well i don't like i, I definitely don't think you like anyone should be treated as any certain special way um like it's like it's all it's just at the time right now people are definitely focusing in on the importance of making things better and sometimes that that anger and that flack just goes one way or the the other i think at the end of the day like if you are trying your best, and you, and that's also here's the things that I've also learned when people feel like they've like they they've been called racist and they don't feel like they're racist, I just like, well, it's okay. Racism works on a spectrum, and it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you did anything mm-hmm. wrong. It just means somebody just disagreed with the thing you did, and they don't feel like you did the right thing. But look, at the end of the day, if you're being a good person, like like I've like I deal with racism all the time, and in, in different contexts of it. And at the end of the day, it's like well, it depends on the extent of it that I actually genuinely care, and I think that person's awful. I'm like, no, you just did the wrong thing, but I don't think you're the worst mm-hmm. human being in the world, and you definitely have qualities. What I'm saying is, I have a lot of racist friends. <laughs> and you know, you do really. <laughs> no, like it just like there's it, it. It does work on a spectrum. It doesn't mean it's like this very hard line. This is how it works, and this is how, like it's just like it works in a bit of a spectrum. It's just taking that time and being like, look, I'm gonna do my best, and if it's not good enough, I don't think you're giving me the benefit of the doubt, and that's what you should do. See, I- I think that white people don't see it that way. It's like, this is how you have to do it, and this is the only way it gets done. And if you don't do it this way, then you're absolutely wrong. I think white people look at it in a really weird way. I think that's how everyone under, like, 22 sees it. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, I think the issue, the big issue is that when white people are treating racism like it's the the N-word. Like, like they're being called racist, and they're like, oh, that's the worst thing you can possibly call me. He's like, no, it's actually not. I'm calling you that. Because I know this I is something agree. you can work on, and this is something that you have. That's and it's like it's like if I walked around and I was generally hateful and angry at every racist, I would just be by myself in my house <laughs> talking to my. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to talk to myself either. Uh, 
It's like it's. I, uh, I look at it, and I actually shared a story with a uh, young, younger than me coworker today at work, and I, and I, and the way I explained it to him was, uh, we were talking about, you know, the sexual harassment stuff and whatnot. By the way, sidebar, Tom, we got another problem at the U, but we can talk about that next hour. <laughs> Ooh, um, okay, okay, okay. Um. And I told him, I said, there was a couple of times where I had to pull my mentor aside, who, who's since passed, and Tom knows uh, Dick Matson. He was uh, oh, yeah. uh, a white male. Mm-hmm. But he uh, took very care, good care of me as a college student mm-hmm. and also as a junior protege working with him. And, but I had to pull him aside twice and tell him, and say, hey, and this, the way you talk to that young lady, you can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. I said, when I was in school, I said, you could have teased her about wearing a short skirt and high heels and, oh, and yeah. asking her about it, does her boyfriend like, like it when she dresses like that. I said, now you can't do that anymore. And I had to, you know, and the young lady told me she was uncomfortable about the, the conversation. And I had to stop the conversation with her and inform her, her uh, of her rights at that point because we were both her supervisor and that. If I didn't do what I did, I also could get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I would tell people that man had a heart of gold as long as the day is long. But I had to point out to him that what he was doing at that time was not good and could not, he couldn't do it anymore. Well, that's the thing. It's like we, we always want to paint people as just complete and total villains. Right. And I don't think that's the case with any human being. Uh, like, I think there's always, there's always a good quality of everyone, but... The fact of the matter is we like that's the thing is just not to be like not to take in the full like hurt of you being like a completely bad person when somebody points one thing out to you. It's like, yeah, it does suck to be called out here and there, but what it's on average no one like no one is coming from an ill intent place and you're not coming from an ill intent place. So you can meet somewhere in the middle and be like, right. You were not trying to hurt each other, so let's talk about this. And I think that's what people are trying to do, but it just unfortunately they do it all caps on the internet and I don't think anyone <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. No, it's very true, and no question about that. Acme Comedy Company tonight, 8 and 10.30. Tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30. Solomon Giorgio. Solomon, great having you in town. It's great to great to uh, talk to you. I really appreciate you, uh, it. Yeah. across the mic. Oh, no, it's phenomenal. And, and I can't wait till the next time you come back. Uh, it's good conversation. I just love our conversation. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll happily come back. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.